Hi, everybody. Welcome to One Calls the Homeworkies. This is the show where we are looking at One Calls the Heart, season nine, and we're recapping episodes two and three. So much fun. I'm so excited to get to talk about these episodes. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Ruth Hill is here. Hi, it's so great to be back. Yes, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. How about you? Good. Very good, very good, very busy. And I wanted to make sure to tell everybody, all the Hardys uh, listening, that we talked last time about people that are kind of hate watching the show. And I gave some advice on different shows that they could watch instead. Well, I made a whole video on my channel full of recommendations for if you either like or don't like when calls are anymore <laughs> you can watch these shows and i worked really hard on it so i'll put a link in the description you should check it out it's really fun i probably mentioned maybe 20 or more shows through the course of the video i mentioned a lot uh, so take a look at that uh, and i think you'll y'all will really enjoy it so <laughs> wanted to bring that up before we started but uh but how are you feeling we're three episodes in how are you feeling about season nine so far I'm having a blast watching it. I, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I'm not live tweeting because of my schedule has changed so much. I'm not able to live tweet. Um, but I'm enjoying getting to watch them. My mom and I are enjoying them together. Uh, your mom enjoying it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. She's enjoying it. That's good. Yeah. I'm too. I really think it's been fun. I mean, getting to We've had arcs so far from most of the characters in the town uh, that have started or or uh, continuing on, and and uh, so that's a lot of fun. Some new characters that we've enjoyed, and uh, so yeah, I think it's a pretty promising uh, start to the season. Mm -hmm. So, all right, well, we're gonna start with episode uh, two, and this one is called this one is called out like a lamb and it's hope valley elects a new mayor lucas and elizabeth try to find the little moments in their relationship elizabeth offers a, to help nathan with his horse after the hit and run but it's newcomer may who connects with newton so overall what do you think about this episode i really enjoyed this episode i mean i mean i thought it was i thought the previews were really misleading Oh yeah, it was outrageous to be honest. But yes, especially in regards to Nathan. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I but then I just have to say that's so like Hallmark. I mean, what else would we expect? Come on. Uh, but uh, no, I I really enjoyed this. Um, and I mean, who? I, I'm sure I know we'll touch on it. But yes, Hickam has a storyline. Yeah. <laughs> You were right. You because you got that merchandise that's picking for mayor. Look at you. You called it. Yeah. Well, I can take full credit. It was really Amber. Amber designed the shirt in 2020. And now, two years later, it has come to fruition. <laughs> the Hickam for Mayor shirt has finally been realized and it is still available to purchase. <laughs> <laughs> on the merch store we'll put a link uh but, uh, but yeah no that was her design i have to give her full credit <laughs> it was her design, okay. but, but uh but yeah no we called it very early on we were we've always been a big fan of of hickam's and ben rosenbaum we've always we found him to be delightful super funny and and so uh that just to jump to the big reveal i mean when it was revealed to be hickam i had a big smile on my face oh, yeah. <laughs> from ear to oh, ear yeah. oh yeah <laughs> Most yeah. Definitely. yeah, and I think 
that it's again going to make good TV because mm-hmm. you've already seen it. We'll see it in episode three. We'll talk about it, but they're, they're already discounting him. They're already assuming he's an idiot and he's already beginning to sort of prove them wrong. And I think that's going to be a fun journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I, I do too. Yeah. Don't ever underestimate Hickam. We've no, known all no. along. We've known from, okay. When did Hickam come into this? series was that i don't remember if it was season two or season three i'm sorry. yeah i was gonna say yeah three or four but uh okay. it was early it was early yeah. on yeah but i have loved him from the beginning and he's got hey he had that hashtag for so long hickam's hardies and i'm sure that there still are those that use that hashtag uh-huh. no doubt yeah and so don't don't ever don't ever underestimate hickam yeah because one of the problems with the show in the middle of its run was that it was so, it was so uh, Elizabeth and Jack focused that everything else kind of got put to the wayside. And, and that was their bread and butter. That was their cream. I understand why they did that. But it's been fun the last couple of seasons to see sort of really the whole town uh, get their get their dues. And I think even the loss of Abigail actually helped a little bit with that too, because she she also t- took a lot of time, you know, for for things. And so I don't know. You've just you've gotten to know so many more characters uh, that are some of I think the fan base's favorite characters. Certainly mine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Flomo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have have like full uh, people full fan bases, which is my <laughs> fandoms. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah but that was a cheap reveal with <laughs> nathan i was just, yeah because the oh. the coming next on one calls hard or whatever yes. you know they make it seem like it's gonna be this big he, she, he doesn't remember elizabeth and it turns out it's all just a big joke he's yeah. just pulling her leg yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but i wonder if the folks at it if I wonder if the folks at when calls hard are watching Heartland because this whole Newton plot <laughs> seems oh. right out of Heartland to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, where is Amy Fleming? <laughs> is she around? <laughs> because uh, Mesu is, has got the, uh, his, has got the, uh, the horse whispering ways mm, of yeah. uh, Heartland ranch. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cause Heartland, if people don't know is all about a, a woman named Amy Fleming, who is basically a horse whisperer. And she, she takes troubled horses and she, uh, and there's kind of a sort of a disease of the week, you know, different, uh, problems with different horses each episode. And, uh, and she, through her ways is able to always figure out what's wrong with the horses. And so the way that Macy was kind of interacting with Newton reminded me a lot of the way that Amber Marshall and, and as Amy Fleming, the way that she interacts with the horses on that show. And, you know, I, I, I recap Heartland with Michelle here on the podcast. And so uh, it's just always fresh on, fresh on my mind every week. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen I, any we, Heartland? Have you ever watched I've it? I've seen some. I have honestly not. I'm not up to date on it. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like way behind. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what did you think of that whole dynamic of Mesu with Newton and everything? Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I absolutely am in love with the character Mesu. I think mm-hmm. she's just, I think she's just amazing. I, I, I actually happened to um, 
chat with Andrea Brooks and we had, we were expressing a lot of uh, our mutual admiration for the actress playing Mesu and yeah. And so I've, I've enjoyed that arc and, and I think it's going to be interesting to see where, where it goes for sure. Yeah, I have to, I really, I got a chance to talk with Amanda Wong who plays me Sue and she was delightful. So we had a really good time uh, together. So that's a really fun interview. Uh, we find out that, uh, that so Fiona, she uh, apologizes to Gowan and she gets Smith to drop the assault charges. So that way Gowan is able to leave the, the, the prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joseph comes in then and says, you know, I don't want to hear the sermon. Gowan says, I don't want to hear the sermons. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Joseph says, you blame Smith or yourself for that mind disaster. And uh, yeah, what did you think? What do you think about Gowan in this episode? Gowan, um, I've always been really a fan of his character. I mean, Gowan was somebody that you have to have this character, but I love the arc that he's been on. I, th- I think he's had such um, an extraordinary arc, really, if you look at him from the beginning of the season, not season, beginning of the show till now, is probably the most complex character there. And they've given him, yeah. they've given him such such extraordinary stuff it's going to be interesting to see um because i was so afraid that he was going to be gone after last season i think a lot of us were yeah he might not be back and now that they've brought him back it's just it's every episode you never know what's going to happen so of course with this one it's like you just you just don't know where it's where it's headed and it's 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 interesting it's so interesting now that you get so many of these details that we missed in the first couple that we didn't not missed we didn't know about in the first couple seasons so it's been interesting to fill in the backstory of gallon yeah yeah and it kind of makes the show feel like we haven't just forgotten all of that mm-hmm. stuff from the early seasons that uh, it makes the show feel richer i think yeah. when you have those tie-ins and uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of where he goes. And I, I, it was cute. The next episode, we see him reading Elizabeth's book. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting plot here between Joseph and Cooper. Mm-hmm. And so Cooper tells him, I don't want to go to church anymore. Yeah. And I'm curious as a mother, what, how you would feel about this with, if you're, if your daughter said, you know what, I'm not feeling it. I don't feel like I should go. Like, how would you approach that? What would you do? That's a hard one. I know I was watching that. And then I know we get more information in the next episode that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if my daughter had come to me first, first of all, it, it really depends on the age. I mean, if, yeah. if a five-year-old coming to me saying, I'm not going to church. Well, I'm not going to leave you at home by yourself. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Uh, but um, I, I don't know how old Coop is supposed to be exactly. Um, yeah, it seems but I like think, 10, maybe 11. Yeah, probably maybe? something like that, I'm assuming. And so at that point, it only makes sense that that's a point when kids start questioning their faith. And if it's always been a part of their lives and it, and unquestioned it just it's 
it's going to make sense. And I, and I think that if, I mean, I mean, I'm grateful. My daughter never came to me like that. She, yeah. it was just never, it was, I didn't have that situation, but had it come up, I would have definitely opened up the discussion and certainly not forced her to be a part of things. I'm not sure exactly where I would have stood when, when I would have finally said, okay, you don't have to go to church. And definitely as a teenager, it was her, you know, when she got to that point, it's your decision. I'm not going to force you, if you but there was never, the, that didn't come up. Right. Um, so I think it's, I, it seems like he and his mom have a really close, uh, like, well, open, seems like he was able to he felt very comfortable coming to her and so somehow she there's been that open door of communication well probably and, it's harder to go to his dad since his dad yeah. is the pastor i would think yeah. that would make it a little that, more intimidating right i kind of feel like i i i feel like i would try to strike a compromise and that mm -hmm. i feel like the family should go to church together for services, if you don't want to participate in any of the other activities, if you don't want to give testimony, if you don't want to do anything like that, no problem. But I feel like, you know, and then when you're older and you mm -hmm. can, you know, make your own choices, then you don't have to go to services if you don't want. But I feel like as a family, that's a family activity. You mm -hmm. should go. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to learn from it. You don't have to like it. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not a parent, so who knows what I would actually do, but I certainly would have had to go to, to church with my parents. That was not an option <laughs> with my parents, yeah. at least to Sunday services. I wouldn't, have, I think my parents would have agreed that if you don't want to participate in the you know, activities, weekly, you know, prayer group, things like that, you don't have to do that, but uh, yeah, got to go to church. It's a family activity. Yeah, with with my brother stopped going to church when he was a teenager. Um, mm. My parents let him make that decision. Yeah, uh, you know he's back in the church now. I mean he's mm. it's it's he came back around. I really think that it is something that that you have to know your child yeah. and you have to be able. And I think if you have an open if you have that open communication where you're you know that, and that's that's what I always have with my I've always have with my daughter she can come to me about absolutely anything. And I think that if you have that established, that, you, that you're not, you're, you're gonna be able to figure out what to do in that situation. Because the big thing you certainly don't want is you don't want to force them to go and then have them just completely rebel and not want, and, and they begin to see it as a drudgery and something that they just absolutely hate. You don't want that to happen. So compromise, is a good idea if you can find a workable compromise. Yeah. But but I think that what makes this so complex is Cooper's dad is the pastor. And yeah. that really brings this to a different level. I agree. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. 
And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Though I did think, remember last time we were talking about the, or in the preview when we were talking with Jax about the saloon and how yeah. this is a saloon, it's not, not a place of ill repute. It, right. this, it was kind of, that I felt like this episode drove that point home when Elizabeth wants Henry to talk to the children about the fact that he had punched Smith in the saloon. Like why on earth do the kids even know about this? <laughs> Why would they even have oh. thought about that? Oh, you're so right. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah. would the, the fight in the saloon is going to be the talk of the schoolhouse? Like, <laughs> I guess there's not a lot going on in town. No, so. <laughs> the balloon guy's gone. There's nothing else to talk about, but him right. punching this guy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this and that's when we find out the Hickam one, and that was just really fun. I totally enjoyed that with yeah. uh, with Florence and yeah. Ned making the announcement after the recount. Yes. Yes. And are we supposed to believe that there's so few people in Hope Valley in the town that the fact that Elizabeth voted for Lee and Lucas voted for Bill. That that's what split the vote and made Hickam mayor. I don't know. I, <laughs> well, I we never. I don't feel like we ever get the idea of really how big or how small Hope Valley is. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one thing that we just because there honestly cannot be a town of twenty people. I'm sorry, that's a not very nebulous. <laughs> And then just, but, but sometimes you get the feeling that that's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't yeah, know. no, I agree. <laughs> uh, but cause, cause they said that cause Elizabeth said, oh, I voted for Lee. And, and then yes. Lucas said, oh, I voted for Bill. Oh, we split the vote. <laughs> I know. I, I, I guess I took that to mean, I thought that maybe it, so maybe they did split the vote, but I was wondering if it meant that there were that I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I probably misunderstood that and thought that that meant that because you had a certain group that was following um, Bill and a certain group that was following Lee, that that's, yeah, that's not just I mean, that. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, do we know why Allie has not been in the season? Was there, do you know if there's any reason why uh, Jada? Well, no, um, I I think she I thought she was supposed to be in some of the episodes. I'm I thought I had seen that posted, but maybe I was wrong. I'm not sure because it seemed like they were building Robert and her as a thing. Yeah, I but know. now I'm wondering. It seems like they're building him up with Angela. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah. It, there could have been a scheduling conflict too that we that we aren't aware of um because if those actors get called into something else or another show or something like that there Mm -hmm. there could be lots of reasons i'm not sure 
Yeah. Did you like the whole scene where, <laughs> where Lucas brings Nathan ice cream? <laughs> that was really good. How much ice cream can that man eat? <laughs> <laughs> he wants double scoops. I know. <laughs> I'm always find it so funny when these in these hallmark shows and movies when people are gorging on sweets and i'm thinking you can't look the way you do and gorge on the amount of sweets that you're talking about it just doesn't work like that yeah (laughs) i mean they do exercise a lot on the prairie you know so that probably helps a little bit but but yeah the it was a funny scene and it was, and then it was. I also kind of appreciated when uh, Nathan's like I if you're de- struggling with any guilt and, and Lucas is like why would I be guilty like, <laughs> right, exactly. and which is right like he got the girl like why right. he, like, he didn't do anything wrong right you know all's fair love yeah. and war that's right that's right <laughs> uh so then uh, we get a scene with Fiona apologizing to Henry. I kind of forgot when I was doing the preview, I just forgot about that whole Fiona plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I, I, I didn't remember it, but, but yeah, so she went, she told, she got Smith to come there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and then yeah so they have a talk and she says jerome doesn't blame you for what happened and uh, and then uh and then so smith jerome he talks to henry he talks to gowan and he says you'll regret not being part of things henry Mm. and uh and then he leaves not a single punch thrown (laughs) (laughs) right but then fiona's leaving with him with Mm -hmm. smith Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see in episode four kind of more about what's going on with all of that. Right. Yeah. So uh, it seems like Henry is going to be tempted back into the evil world of business. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing I didn't really understand is why Nathan can't be at his own house in his own bed. Why does he have to be there at the at the infirmary? I think because um, I'm, I'm assuming that Faith wants to monitor him so he doesn't do too much. I'm yeah. assuming that's what it is because Nathan he keeps trying to stand those, and stuff. I, yeah, Nathan would be one of those people. <laughs> we don't know quite what the extent of his injuries. I feel like we that he probably was injured more than we realize, and and it just is it's just probably precaution on her part. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um just want to be sued. <laughs> right. I don't know that. But that practice. <laughs> um, so then uh there's this whole thing between Newton and May Sue and Nathan and Elizabeth. Uh, and uh Newton says, I mean uh and Nathan says Newton has always been a good judge of character. Mm. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And Elizabeth says, is this how it's going to be between us from now on? Because it's a little icy. And he says, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's a little unrealistic, I think, to expect to be super great friends. Uh, I mean, you can certainly should be civil to each other. But 
I, I can't imagine many exes are super good friends. Well, well, it hasn't been, it hasn't been a super long time. Yeah. That's yeah. It hasn't been thing. long. And then secondly, they're, they're seeing each other every day. It's not like there's a, there's a chance to get a lot of distance. You know, he's seeing, he's being reminded every single time he sees Elizabeth, which is every day, basically, then he's, and he sees her with Lucas. He's constantly reminded. I mean, that's got to like be digging into him just a little bit of, mm-hmm. you know, making it a little harder to repair those. Yeah. Especially when we start talking about this book, uh, yeah. which we'll talk about in the next episode. Uh, but we see a Rosemary that she wants a new window in the, uh, um, and it seems like has Lee completely forgot about his job of running the mill? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that that's, that's something that happens in this show is I feel like things get neglected. Like people have, because they are, they have so many different jobs and they have to fill out, fill so many different things that they, yeah they neglect one for a while until it's oh it's time to bring it back that he and so he's been doing it so we're not sure i guess yeah I, I guess. Every, everybody well in all hallmark shows everyone has 500 jobs like yes. i mean good witch cassie had like five jobs well yeah in the same sure. time. <laughs> yeah. well yeah it was just like whenever it was convenient she would be like the college professor oh but i'm also running the store <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> whenever it was convenient to have a scene in the store uh but yeah. uh but yeah and he uh i thought it was a little bit weird in at the end of this episode where lee says to rosemary you would have made a great mother or and you would have made a great father just glad we have each other i thought that was kind of a weird line because have we like given that up I know. I I actually had the same thought. I wasn't sure why that was put in because because I thought even back then there were other options as far as uh, adoption and and that's been um, a part of the storyline in the past. Not not for them, I realized, but part of the storyline for other characters. So why would it not be an option? Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done like in Love Comes Softly when there's the orphan train. Yeah. And uh, they end up, uh, they would end up adopting some of the kids on the orphan train. But yeah, I thought that was an odd moment, Uh, especially because it wasn't even really needed. It was just, they didn't, there was no plot reason for them to say that. Uh, But uh, it ends up with Joseph Sermon. And uh, it says, Hope Valley won't stay the same forever. Change is coming. So this is very tantalizing, I think. And uh, we also see Gowan almost going to church. Yes, almost. Yeah. And it would be actually a really fun, since they've been building up this relationship between Joseph and Gowan, Mm -hmm. if they were then going to have Gowan talk to Cooper and then both come to church and wouldn't that be a cute scene if he went up to Cooper and said, I'll go to church yes. with you. That would be adorable. That would be because I, because I like Gowan with the kids. I know that no, I do that, too. That's always, there's something so special about that. I remember there was a, there was a Christmas episode, wasn't it? Where Gowan oh, had yeah. a, with the yeah. Winhold calls girls. Yes. So he reads it would be really, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm in agreement with you. Okay. Yeah. You're, you throw that out there. Now we just, <laughs> I realize that they can't change it if it's not there, but it's hopeful. Come on, writers. Don't let me down. That would be so cute. <laughs> it would be. All right. Well, what would you give this episode one to 10? One to, uh, wait, wait, one to what? I'm one sorry, to 10. One to 10. Okay. I thought that you said, and then I, then I wasn't sure. Okay. You're fine. <laughs> Um, um oh that's I am gonna say yeah I can, I can say hmm, 8.5 I'll say 8.5 yeah uh, I enjoyed it a lot I would say I'm gonna say an eight I really thought it was a fun episode we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the Hallmarkies March store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. So then we have Turn of the Page. Elizabeth's book is finally published and it is the talk of the town. Lucas plans a surprise party to celebrate the event, but some bad book reviews have Elizabeth in a less social than in a less than social mood. So overall, what did you think about this episode? This was a really fun episode. I think it's definitely been my favorite so far of the season, no doubt. Um, I, I was, I was really into it. Like I don't, I don't even remember looking away or looking down anything because I was really into the story and enjoying. I enjoyed the humor that was in it. Uh, there was a lot of there were, there were some really humorous moments. And, you know, not there never is, but I just really enjoyed what I saw and I thought that. The storyline was fun characters and, and of course i mean now finally we have elizabeth's book finally after all this time she has this book and so that, that was yeah. i think that they could honestly publish this book and people heart the hardies would buy it don't you think yes absolutely mm -hmm. yes like they got homework publishing why not yeah i, I i'd be with you on that yeah I i'd read it yeah sure why not yeah um, but i mean it's a risky thing writing a memoir mm -hmm. i mean it's not technically a memoir it's fiction but it's based on her life um which is very risky to do you see how mad molly got <laughs> i know that was such a great scene yeah. oh my goodness that was funny <laughs> i kind of wondered if they were going to make it that one of the letters one of the to the editor one of the opinions was from molly because mm. it seemed it seemed like kind of they were going that way uh but i guess everybody writes their book reviews into the village voice i guess so i guess so <laughs> or or maybe Not that was or i wondered if those were just like book reviews that were out there and they were compiling them like from various sources i don't know if that's what mm -hmm. that, if that's the kind of thing that they do that here's the book review that's published and it's 
and it was published elsewhere and now you can publish. I, I don't I I'm not clear about how all that works yeah now here's the interesting thing because obviously I am a film critic for my job yeah. and so I I have a particular perspective about criticism and critique to bring to this episode and if you listen to our recap of the uh the winter um movies the January movies I had something to say about the way that the perfect pairing, the one with um, Brennan and, and Nazanin, the way that movie treated criticism as this villain. Yeah. I, and the thing about that annoyed me about that is that she was just doing her job, mm -hmm. right? She had no responsibility to give a second chance to uh, review the restaurant. I mean, review the winery again. If she did that again for everything, she would have way less Right. way less wineries that she could review she's giving a public service to the community who can't try every single winery she's taking her skills and she is giving her honest opinion and at the end of the movie when she says this is like the best chardonnay whatever ever had that would mean nothing if she hadn't been honest in the beginning yeah. right because if she just said oh this terrible wine is good then then when she actually found one she liked it would mean nothing yeah. and so I, I took issue with that. I still enjoyed the movie, but I took issue with that portrayal because the critics are not the enemy, right. but that's different than what happens here. Mm -hmm. This is not actually someone doing their job in reviewing the book. Yeah. This is people that are, that are critiquing the, the, the author, mm -hmm. at least they didn't really read any of the actual mean reviews they just said mm -hmm. oh they are mean mm -hmm. and then showed them reading them and but mm -hmm. according to elizabeth the the reviews are about more about her mm -hmm. than about the actual book right. and so that's where so if in the to use the example of the perfect pairing movie if she had in her review instead of critiquing the wine which is her job if she had spent paragraphs of paragraphs on brennan's character and how he wasn't it you know whatever like some kind of personal attack that's not doing her job and so i think that's where you kind of have to uh have to find the line here you know is that there probably were some of those negative reviews that were perfectly valid right you know and i and i think it seems like they were saying that elizabeth could handle that and mm -hmm. were, were okay with that but for whatever reason these people that were writing in Mm -hmm. seem to be particularly upset with her yeah is that yeah. how you took it as well yeah i i was i was thinking it makes perfect sense and especially because she's a woman writing essentially a frontier romance kind of type thing back in that time period female authors weren't really taken that seriously and especially writing that subject matter well, then she should she she should expect that people are going to write reviews like that and they're probably going to attack her just because she's a female author and she shouldn't be doing that. And then if you think about the fact that she's a single mother on the prairie, will they be attacking her for that because that was not the norm back then either. So I was going at it more thinking she shouldn't be surprised that people are sending in these kinds of reviews because of who she is and what the story that she chose to tell and the fact that she's you know, why are you not married again and sitting at home 
um, doing, taking care of the house, like a good frontier woman should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's true too. I mean, you, what this time it's supposed to be like 1920, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when the first little house on the prairie book came out, but I kind of would think of it somewhat similar to like Lauren Mm -hmm. goes wilder kind of a a type of story. Right. Um, that kind of, uh, that kind of book, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, whenever you make anything, when I make this podcast, people sometimes say extremely mean things about Mm -hmm. me. You should see some of the reviews. Someone said that listening to my voice was like nail on a chalkboard. (laughs) (laughs) And that I had an atrocious accent and okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and say that that's like pleasant to hear, but you know, if I'm going to be a critic, I have to be able to take it. If I'm going to dish it, I have to be able to take it too. And some people just aren't going to like the things I make and that's okay. Right. You know? And, and so that's probably a little bit of what Elizabeth is going to have to learn. Yeah. She's going to have to grow very thick skin because you have to, when you're, if you're a creator of anything, no matter what it may be, you're going to have to grow really thick skin and just get to the point where you take the criticism, you read the criticism and you, yeah, you can think about whether there's any truth to it at all. I, I, when, whenever I receive criticism, that's what I do is I say, okay, is there any truth to this? There's no truth to it at all. I throw it out, mm-hmm. but most of the time there's a tiny, like somewhere in there, if there's a yeah. tiny little piece I can take and then just throw the rest out. And that's, that's, that's true. That's, that is very good counsel. And if it's something that you can change, I can't change how my voice sounds. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it, if, if, if somebody doesn't want to, that's perfectly fine. That's great. I'm, yeah. And hopefully they can find something else that they enjoy. Exactly. Uh, but, but that is, I totally agree with you. That is part of being a creator is that some people are not going to like what you create and yeah. that's it. And so that's what Elizabeth is definitely going to have to learn. And I'm sure it's the hardest for your first book. And then, uh, and then once you write more and more and more, you probably get a little, that skin gets thicker as you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the Rosemary will be able to help with this because she certainly is somebody who's had her fair share of criticism and critique. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, I, 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 was a little bit confused about this article that Lee has written. So he he's titled it Duck Soup for Hickam. Now Duck Soup, of course we know the Marx Brothers movie, but what it is, it's a, an expression of an easy task or someone easy to overcome. So somebody that's kind of stupid is that, uh, is sort of what Lee is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and Uh, And, and he kind of treats both him and Bill kind of treat Hickam like he's stupid. And I I liked it at the end when he's like, clear to Bill, clear out your stuff. I'm getting to work. Uh, So that's going to be, again, I like it when we have flawed characters. I like it when they learn and grow. So the fact that Lee is kind of being a jerk, I think is going to be interesting to see what he does. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I I know. I was I was wondering what the contents of the article were, what what what, what it was exactly, because <laughs> I didn't quite quite get it. But yeah, that makes sense. And and it is good to see Hickam 
beginning to stand up for himself because yeah. that's been his biggest issue. He couldn't stand up to Rosemary. He couldn't stand up to just about you know, anybody. Everybody just ran over the top of him and he just let it happen. And so to see him begin to stand up for himself more, even though it's not easy and you can see that struggle. I think Ben's doing an exceptional yeah. job. Portraying that the 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 many layers of of hickam as we begin to see all this yeah so because walden is coming to town and bill takes his gun and walden is like i have a right to you know carry arms and yeah i mean i don't know what the rules are in canada but it, that's definitely true here right. <laughs> he had no right to take his gun right. um but uh uh, I guess here in the United States now you would need a concealed gun uh, permit, but I don't think back in the frontier days that was the case. Um, but anyway, so uh, so Hickam meets with Walden, and he's absolutely right. If he is representing the Foundry, mm -hmm. of course the mayor is going to want to meet with him. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I, 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 I did kind of like the fact that the kids all think Elizabeth's book is super boring. That made me laugh. <laughs> well, you would expect that. Yeah. It's not, it's not necessary. They're not the intended audience. We know that. <laughs> so I thought that was funny though, that they yeah. did that. Yeah. That yeah. was good. And, and they're hiding the book and, and then Elizabeth was like, <laughs> Angela, why do you have my book on your chest? Someone was reading it to me. Right. <laughs> sure. uh, so we also have this scene where Gowan is supposed to get a physical from Faith. Mm -hmm. And I do think that was fairly realistic that I don't think that men in that era would have been comfortable with a woman examining them in a medical situation. I, I, would, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had that same thought. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I. Because I had, even today, there are men who struggle with that, let alone the 1920s. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that was realistic. And, and especially with Gowan being so much older. I mean, yeah. you know, he, of course, it's like he couldn't even imagine like a woman is going to give me a physical and and we know what a physical entails. Yeah, I would not be, yeah, I, I can definitely see the struggle there. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I will say that then, and are you going to cover Faith's call, Faith's phone call? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I, I think I wrote that somewhere. Oh, yeah. Faith leaves word to Carson. I got it. Yeah. But, um, but we have this whole thing with Lucas planning the book release. We saw that in the, um, and we talked about it on the preview that they showed like a congratulations party. And, and so we, we kind of surmised that it was about the book release. And so he has Gustav there, who evidently is like imprisoned in the saloon. We never see yeah. him anywhere else in the town exactly. ever. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. it, did they say that it's uh, Gustav is Lucas's cousin? I think he said that it was his cousin. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. I'm okay. like, oh, wow. Anyway, but I, I it's kind of funny that so he's preparing all of the 
the things for the party and then they planned the whole thing that they're going to surprise elizabeth and she's up in the uh balcony and she doesn't want to leave she's just getting super swoony and super like she kisses him and like all that was really i thought pretty funny yeah it was it was yeah yeah it was really good and lucas is just like there's people downstairs like And yes, Elizabeth, Elizabeth would not get an Academy Award for her acting ability. No. (laughs) Yeah. When she pretends to be surprised, it was like Aaron Krakow did a good job. Bad acting. (laughs) Yes, she did. Absolutely. That was, that was hilarious. And you see Rosemary and she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. I thought it was all really funny. Oh yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. I agree. and uh and then uh, we have this uh, lucas says that investors won't go ahead if henry isn't part of it part of the mm-hmm. oil thing so now gallon is waiting and, and trying to figure out what to do and and then uh the um we also rosemary wants her new window so joseph is installing the window and he installs it backwards and so that he can spend more time with cooper which Mm -hmm. was cute i liked that she's been getting all these kind of mean reviews Mm -hmm. and uh, then she gets a letter from lucas's mom with the pencil that she used for the edits and he says you have pulled the sword from the stone dear and unleashed your power on the written word that was cute that was was good yeah and then bill and molly <laughs> molly says she's not like a jezebel or a tart <laughs> I, I know. poor molly I, I hope we get more of their relationship it was I so know, fun me too. yes i want more with them yes mm-hmm. uh then also so uh, florence talks to nathan and says you've recently had your heart flouted yes and uh, and then they everyone keeps asking him if he's read uh read elizabeth's book and because florence sees what's like maybe an interest between mesu and and nathan so it's like be careful you recently had your heart flouted <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um we also find out there's going to be a home decorating area for the mercantile yes so that's gonna be exciting <laughs> yes expanding again i want more inventions i want <laughs> more inventions from ned <laughs> true yeah he's 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 quite an inventor we know that mm-hmm. yeah and so mesu i mean it's an interesting thing because she is qualified she has her degree up on the uh, framed and everything but she did lie to them mm-hmm. like i can understand why ned and florence would struggle with that and she says well would you have hired me if if uh, as a woman if i hadn't said that and that kind of with beside the point like yeah she still lied to them yeah so i mean she can't be mad that they're not trusting of her right yeah it's it's i understand why she lied and i think we're going to learn more about why she did but um yeah it it would have been better for her to be upfront if they didn't ask whether she was a man or woman that's you know that's one thing um, you know, like, you know, I think of, uh, Dr. Quinn medicine woman. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, something like that. That's, that that's a different, that's a different kind of story. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she pretended she, she was pretending to be her husband. That's, yeah. Yeah. I would and, agree. and so it's going to be interesting too, as, as they're progressing this sort of romantic angle between her and Nathan, obviously she's married. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting for one cause art yep i was thinking that too (laughs) yeah so i mean you just assume her husband must be a bad bad dude i guess but what's happening being led that's where we're being led to believe i think Mm -hmm. Um, so i i don't know well i guess we'll see we'll see what maybe we'll get some more clues i know the preview kind of hints at some things so we'll see yeah, so Gowan and Lucas have this conversation. Gowan says, this town's on the verge of big changes. And and then Lucas says, change is within our control. Mm-hmm. And then Gowan says, only a man in love could have that outlook. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Sure. I also liked when Rosemary and Elizabeth are talking and Rosemary says, I can't believe you didn't put me in the book, but how could you put my whole character in just a supporting role? <laughs> I know. I love that too. Oh, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Uh, so Joseph tells Cooper, we'll leave church to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, I guess how they're going to handle it for the moment. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was kind of surprising. Have we ever seen the saloon used as an actual casino? We did we did in this episode i think we did in this that's what i said i was like maybe it is a place of ill repute he's like cashing in his his poker chips i know and it was very clear lucas knew what to do he knew his way around i know like they played cards many times but i've never seen that i've never actually seen yeah true that was funny to me uh so we find out that the character that Molly was worried about was actually based on Julie, her Elizabeth's sister. And so yeah. Julie's kind of upset by it. Right. Uh, but yeah. I would love to see Julie back. I actually really enjoy Julie. Yeah, me too. I would I, love, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Uh, so May says that uh, that she wants to work with Newton alone. And then he says, if there was something between me and Nathan, I couldn't do anything about it because obviously she's married. And uh, then Elizabeth gets a letter uh, from a widowed mother of two, a mother of two uh, telling her, thank you for the book. And, Mm -hmm. and that's the sort of flip side of all this. Like we talked about, if you're a creator, some people aren't going to like what you do, but then you have a moment where you really connect with somebody and somebody really values something that you do and that makes it all worth it Uh, it means so much and so if you're ever if somebody ever does make something that you love whether it's a book or a podcast or a you know i'm not asking for everybody to send in lots of comments about the podcast but that would be great uh but uh but i'm just saying if somebody makes something that you love take 30 seconds and tell them that you loved it take a second because most people don't it's right. way easier to comment on things you don't like than it is to comment on things that you like it's right. just i don't know it's just human nature right. uh and so if so if something that you liked 
take a second to write a write a positive review to uh, on iTunes or on Goodreads if it's a book or whatever, or just message them on Twitter and be like, this episode was great. I really enjoyed it. Or this book was great or whatever. It makes you feel really good. And I would highly encourage anyone to do that. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I've had people who have told me that, well, I'm sure that this act, I hear it a lot from actors. Well, this actor, mm -hmm. that actor, they probably get a lot of positive comments. It really does make any difference. You'd be amazed. They don't get near the amount of positive comments that you think yeah. they do. And so That's don't just assume that somebody else is going to do it. And what you're saying yeah. is exactly right. Don't just think, well, they're a big star. They, they aren't going to care what I think. You have no idea that what you say, just taking that 30 seconds to write that may absolutely turn their whole day around or yeah. their whole week or their whole year around. You never know. That's really true. Even when we do the Hallmarkies podcast awards, because to me, at least it's like nothing. I mean, it's just our, like me and my friends giving out awards, you know, and then people vote on it and whatever, but it's just like in the scheme of things, it's, it's not, not really important, but I'm amazed at how much it seems to mean to the, the people who Words yeah. and just uh, they talk about oh I was just so touched that <laughs> yeah. and um, even people that I think of as being like pretty big stars they yeah. uh, like I didn't think that Mary Lou Henner was gonna you know care about our little award but she was so excited when right. she won not this year year before yeah. Yeah. she was thrilled she couldn't yeah. wait and she was so so excited and so again we don't we don't know how much a kind word. Uh, or just acknowledging that we appreciate something really does mean to people. And, uh, and it's not saying to be inauthentic again, if you don't like something that's perfectly fine too and valid, but, uh, but if you do take a second and, and share, and uh, I, I know it means a lot to us and uh, to all of us on the podcast when we get that feedback and, uh, and uh, it means a lot to any creator. It really does. So that was a nice scene. I thought that was, that was good. Um, so the, yeah, then you see Gowan reading Elizabeth's book, which made me smile. That was good. And then you Hickam tells Bill vacate the office by the end of the week. Yes. It's great. It's great. Uh, and then we find out the real reason that Cooper is not wanting to go to church because he feels like it's not fair that Angela is blind. They both got measles. Why? Uh, the, the, that it made Angela blind. He doesn't know the whole story that I guess a doctor refused to treat Angela. And they talk about that at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they don't want to like burden him with that because they're in, ha they're in Hope Valley where there, I guess, isn't any racism right. in Hope Valley. And, uh, and so they're in this happy place but they were in this other place where he, she was refused treatment. And that's why, that's why she ended up blind. Uh, and you know, that's, it's, that's, that's the greatest question of religion. Why do bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. That's the question that's uh, kind of unanswerable. We don't know. We don't know God's plan. We don't know. And, and God can only work with people's agency. Uh, people have he can't force people to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. 
Otherwise that right thing would mean nothing if they, everybody was just compelled to do it. And, and so everybody has to be able to make choices, but then God can help us get through those choices and help, and help us to see the good in the end and get through it. But, uh, but we don't, we don't know the will of God. We don't know his timing. We don't know his plan. And, uh, and so, but that's, but that is the hardest question. Why do scummy things happen? And, uh, and, you know, they, that's where faith comes in. Exactly. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they, they touched on this issue because it doesn't always make its way into Homer. Um, you know, and, and the, and they just touched on it. They touched on it enough, but it was, but I, I did, I appreciated it. As I, I did too. As we do too. Yeah. Because we talked about in the preview as well about it, not being a faith-based show, but I did say that there was more of the faith-based content in season eight than we'd ever seen before. And now we have Joseph as a pastor, which we had not a pastor in a long time. And we're having this religious story arc. Yeah. So it makes me think that John Tinker is more interested in telling stories of faith than the previous mm -hmm. showrunner. I think that's I, fair. I, I tend to think that's the case just based on, based on all of my interactions that I've ever had with him. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the former showrunner. I don't have any dealings with, I never met him or anything or talk with him. But I can't John think of his name, but we interviewed him actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but yeah, uh, the, um, yeah, I can't think of it anyway. Uh, I, I welcome that. I think yeah. that, uh, it's, if it's done well, I think it's, it's interesting. Religion is an important part of people's lives. It's interesting to, uh, to talk about it and to have it be a part of the show. So, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, so then we have Lucas meeting with Walden and talking French on the phone yes and he gets mad on the yes. phone in french so i don't know what's going yes. on i um, i i want to take a moment and compliment chris on his fantastic accent that was mm -hmm. really good the way because i took french in high school so i was really listening and i was like man he's got it down um because was, he's not canadian right or is he uh, chris is canadian he's yeah. canadian so he yeah. might speak french he might yeah but anyway it was just nice because you don't, you don't always get that. Yeah. Uh, just in any show, you don't always, you don't always know if they'll have the accent, but I felt like he had the accent down really yeah. well. Like he sounded like he was speaking French very, the, the accent was, he was, he was doing yeah, all the right good. inflections. So it's true. I remember one time we interviewed Andrew Walker and I'm talking about <laughs> it. There was something he had to speak French or, or something French. And we were like, you were like, and you speak French, <laughs> the perfect man. <laughs> but we did get the the call, uh, as you mentioned, Faith uh, calls the hospital in Baltimore, trying to reach Dr. Carson, and uh, he is just super busy, evidently very busy yes. hospital. And so, yeah. uh, first she says, "Just sell him." Faith called, he'll know. But then she says, "You know, Faith Carter." So. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it actually made me laugh. That particular scene made me laugh. Yeah, it was cute. She said, because she, 
she's saying, trying to get a hold. I'm looking for Dr. Carson Shepard. And I turned to my mom and said, we're all looking for Dr. Carson Shepard, but we're not going to find him this season. <laughs> he's not, he's right. not in the season. And so I just thought, but, but, but I do appreciate the fact that they're keeping him alive and he's not dead i mean yeah i, I do i mean and and that's just yeah. and that's just me i'm not no. saying that he and faith have to be together i just i like paul i mean not just because i work yeah. for him i realize you know i mean that just i like i would not no. mind having but if but if they do bring him back i was telling my mom this they do bring him back next season you know hoping i'm looking towards next season and hoping there is yeah. one um I want him to have a really good character arc. It doesn't have to be that they, that he has to come back for faith, but right. if you bring him back. I want him to have a really, really meaty character arc. That's just, yeah. Me. We don't need everybody to die when they leave the show. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness. Right. Yeah. I agree. I also, I forgot to mention that I thought it was kind of funny when, uh, when Lee is answering, he answers one phone nothing another phone another and yeah. finally gets on the third one and i it's interesting because he announced himself as leland coulter yes. uh, managing editor yeah. and i think he's the only one that refers to him as leland yeah everybody true. calls him that's lee true. yes yeah you're right because my family is not one for nicknames in my family we my mom was never a big fan of nicknames and so we just didn't uh, and uh and so i actually when we were first i mean amber and i were first recapping the show i would always refer to him as leland because that's his name and that's just the way that i my brain works yeah but she was just like everyone calls him lee why do you keep calling him lee? Yeah. like that's his name yeah, yeah. True. anyway but that was a i thought of kind of a funny scene so yes that was that there was. we go that is the episode uh what would you give this episode one to ten I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say 8.75. Mm, yeah. I agree with you. I thought this was a really good episode. I thought it was funny. It, it had those sweet moments to talk about the faith. Uh, yeah. For when calls hard episode, I, it, it hit almost every single character had some kind of story beat, some kind of moment, which is nice. Even the kids yeah. had a moment at school. True. Yeah. So I agree with you. Really good. Well, let us know if you are watching, listening, let us know what you think of these two episodes. Where do they stand for you? We would love to hear your thoughts, mean or otherwise. <laughs> Please put in the comment section or on Twitter right. and, uh, and make sure you check out that video I did with the recommendations for other shows. Uh, if you like Wind Calls the Heart, I, I really worked hard on it and I'm really proud of it. So please take a look. And Ruth, where can people find you? You can find me Ruth Hill 74 all across social media. And then I do have a podcast media from the heart and my website says media from the heart, but the actual website is my devotional thoughts.net. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron tomatoes. So please check that out and also make sure you're following the podcast on homework pod and homework podcast all of our social media. And like we said, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews that really helps people to be able to find the show. 
So the more reviews that we get on iTunes, it really, really, really helps us. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store. The merch store has those uh, Hickam for Mayor shirts, as well as lots of other Hardee's inspired merch. So take a look at that. We would so appreciate it. So thanks so much, Ruth. This was a blast. And uh, we'll talk in two weeks. Thanks Bye, everyone. Bye.